we're coming into class and he's writing stuff on the board in a list format. And it's like one apple juice carton, one styrofoam cup. I'm like, oh, this is like his list of trash. Then I'm like, he fully steps away and he's like, okay, like start handing in your lists. I'm reading his list on the board and I go, wait, that says right there, two cups of and half a plate of you know what. (laughs) I I raised my hand. I said, Mr. Shaw, I, I don't know what. What do you have two cups of and half a plate of? He said, human waste. Manic. Pixie. Jump scare. Hosted by Quinn Murphy and Becca Hobart. Hi. We're Quinn. And we're Becca. Becca. And welcome to Manic Pixie Jump Scare, a podcast where we talk openly about our shared delusions, passions, and, and love, love for each other. Oh my goodness, Becca. Here we come again. Yeah, we're getting better and better. I know. <laughs> I fear. I fear. I so fear that. I fear I'm that so thing. scared. Oh my God. I find myself constantly scared of the world. No, do you know what I've been thinking about? Um, Evan Ross Katz, who I follow viciously on Instagram, posts this a lot. But mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman did this interview. I'm trying to find the screenshot I took of it. Not Nicole. <laughs> it was Nicole. Nicole gave us an interview and I swear to G, I have a screenshot of this. Oh, and the headline, it was to like the independent and the headline is just says, Nicole Kidman says she cries often. Everything is so deeply sad. I need to look up her natal chart. Have you also seen that clip of where like Reese Witherspoon asked her something and Nicole was like, Reese, do you ever think about death? Cause I think about it all the time. <laughs> Nicole is not playing around. No, you can't be that as accoladed of an artist without experiencing some sort of like melancholia. So true. I'm gonna side. I'm gonna sidetrack us already because Lauren the other day was talking to me and she goes, "And I can't wait to go to AMC to see that lady on the screen." <laughs> I knew. I knew. <laughs> she yeah. is the AMC lady. Mm-hmm. We come here to feel. Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Peace, like <laughs> this, like this. She is so amazing. Oh my gosh! Also, I don't know if you watched The Northman, which is that movie with Alexander Skarsgård, and like it's done by the guy who made like The Witch and no, like that type of film. But it's mm-hmm. it's about the original Vikings, and oh, Nicole Kidman is in it. And I oh. was like, we're gonna place her in the year like. 10 10 with, <laughs> with a lace front <laughs> like like I just don't I she is so modern looking especially because like she mm-hmm. definitely has had work done yeah and that hey you have to slay and I Beck, always believe that <laughs> Becca and I are fans of body modification yes a thousand percent yes um but I I don't know if I would body modify and then pretend mm. to be an original viking i just thought that was interesting yeah yeah you you getting like booking a viking role with all your tattoos and stuff (laughs) 
literally a Taylor Swift Jennifer's quote. body, like <laughs> yeah, a Taylor Swift summer. quote around me. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, no, literally. Yeah. Well, Becca, what have you been up to this week? I know last we spoke mm-hmm. on the pod, at least you were about to celebrate your twenty second birthday, yeah. and that has now passed. So, what was that like? Uh, it was really great. I had so last year for my 21st as you know Mm -hmm. because you came to my birthday party I did I went I went kind of like all out I did a Mm -hmm. lot of fun stuff I vlogged the day I vlogged Mm -hmm. again to my knowledge Randy Jackson did not view my Instagram story this year and honestly I get it because I bullied him last year what can we say (laughs) and you compared him to Joseph Stalin and this year Hitler on (laughs) our podcast very recently that is fair enough Um, (laughs) very recently (laughs) Thank you so much for bringing it up. That is so true. (laughs) It's not my fault. It's not my fault. Um, But yeah, it was fun. I went to the mall with my mother. Yeah. Um, We just kind of hung out. I got myself some treats just so everyone knows. PacSun is definitely still going out of business as they have been for the past four years. So everything's on sale. Go ahead and get you some stuff. It's going out of business. I didn't know that. I feel like they're always on the brink. Like, everything that's in a mall is ultimately yeah that is but true when you said mall to flashback to our first episode mm-hmm. your aesthetic is very mall core <laughs> uh. like you look like a girl <laughs> hanging out at the mall <laughs> do you see me blushing right now <laughs> yes. I love very, that malls are very McBlang it's very like mean girls like I associate your yes. style very with like what was going on in mean girls and I think so too. a lot of the scenes in mean girls took place in them all because it was like it yeah. was all the rage <gasps> no I love it speaking of did you watch the American Eagle documentary no <sighs> oh that's a good watch is that a vice documentary no it's on Netflix oh wait do you mean Abercrombie and Fitch oh yeah okay <laughs> I didn't, but I did see mm-hmm. the trailer and stuff. It looks mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, it definitely is. I like watched it randomly one day. Okay. Um, and it was it was like stuff I didn't even know about. Mm. I, which I don't know why I qualified it saying that as if I, I know everything. <laughs> oh. Oh my God, I sipped my Coke Zero at a terrible time. I did almost spit take because yeah, documentaries usually do teach you things you don't know about. It was, I didn't even know about. It was something I learned. Oh my God. God. Um, But yeah, it was was really interesting. There was a lot of interesting, there was obviously like the whole part of it where everybody, like the models and stuff they were hiring were like, you know men with six packs and stuff um yeah but then there was also this like huge like racial thing that they kind of mm-hmm. uncovered throughout the process of the documentary and like so many people were like fired or had their hours cut back basically because they didn't fit with like the brand and they were all just like people of color and they all filed like you figure out they all file a class action lawsuit against American Eagle whoa or not American Abercrombie Eagle and Abercrombie and Fitch <laughs> American um, Eagle you have done nothing wrong to our knowledge no. so 
we do and apologize. And we're Pittsburgh proud and true. So yeah, and slight on. It's one of the Fortune 1,000 companies located in Pittsburgh. So wow, not wow. to brag. Did you know that um, Jennifer Lawrence, like the first thing she ever did was an Abercrombie and Fitch modeling job that was like she got scouted for it. And that's the first thing that she did, like in her foray to fame. That's interesting. Yeah. I am a cinematic parallel to Jennifer Lawrence in a lot of ways, but the main way is that I fell up the stairs at our graduation ceremony, much like she did when she was about to accept her Oscar. Yeah. And that was in the comments of my Instagram post, which, you know, (laughs) you can all go and see. (laughs) Yep. Yep. But yeah, so you're at the mall for your birthday. What else went on? Yes. Um, Then I got, I had dinner with my family. um, Word. At a, like, hibachi place. (gasps) So that was fun. Yeah. It was it was my first time at this specific place. We were going to go to this nice place called Komei, but then my mm-hmm. mom was like, there's too many people in our party, so we're going to have to go to this other place in a strip mall. And I was like, okay. I will say it was a little janky cuz like a lot of the lights were off. There was like one other party of people there, but we had fun nonetheless. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love when they do the little gags, the little oh, bits. Oh, so good. Showmanship at its finest at a hibachi restaurant. Exactly. I will say, though, the part where they toss the zucchini at you. Uh-huh. My, so something about me is that my biggest, I, not my pet peeve, but honestly, my fear is people around me choking. <laughs> really? I, I hate it when people start choking <laughs> it, it you say scares... that like you've experienced it a lot oh yeah I I have like honestly it's I've like accidentally manifested it around me like when I lived with Anna and Macy they used to choke all the time <laughs> like not so bad as needing the Heimlich but like where they're they would tear up they would like need to walk around like need a moment <laughs> I hate that shit just jump up and down um <laughs> and I think it stems from in third grade, I, I choked on a chicken nugget and so badly that I went up to the lunch ladies and like did the signal and they told me, they told me, quote, sit down. <laughs> so I had to, <laughs> I had to save myself oh with the Heimlich in third grade. And then uh, like my friend was like, ew, cause I basically like pu- <laughs> puked on my lunch tray and she was like, ew, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, it was so scarring. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, also, someone I knew when I was little did die from choking. <laughs> oh, I just remembered that. Oh, so my that, God. So, yeah. 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 It makes sense why I'm scared. That's a super legitimate fear you have, then. Thank you. Freud but would yeah. love this. He's <laughs> he's somewhere eating this up right now. <laughs> I'd like to think. I'd like to think. Um, but yeah. Um, oh, wow. So, but no one choked on the zucchini at my That's birthday good. dinner, That's which good. is good. really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is something you worry about. And then um, my friend Lauren came over and we drank champagne mm-hmm. and watched Midsummer. 
So it was perfect. Perfect movie for the birthday. Yep. Literally. Oh my goodness. Well, that sounds like yeah. fun. Everyone always thinks they say that like now like 22 is like the Taylor Swift year mm-hmm. because she famously has the song 22 and Becca and I were both Swifties so we accept that but my recent favorite 22 lyric is um uh comes from the man with the axe by Lord mm-hmm. where she said I used to think I was a genius but now I'm 22 and she's yeah. And she's so right about that. Ultimately. She's so right. Cause I'm so, my brain is completely blank. Yeah. <laughs> 22 years old, fresh slate. Literally Love it. ready to, yeah. ready to take on the world. Yeah. But Becca, something else that happened this week that I'm really excited to talk about is mm-hmm. we kind of popped off on TikTok. We did it. Like you said, it was a birthday miracle. No, and it was going on on Becca's birthday. She sent me, I don't know if you sent me the text the night before or the morning of, but you said, Hey, one of our TikToks is like blowing up. Yeah. Becca's, I do not have the, I'm not logged into our TikTok on my phone. I will admit Becca Mm -hmm. is the sage wisdom that handles all that. And so I was like, Oh, let me go look. And it, it, I forget when I first looked at it, but it had like maybe 20K views. And I was just like checking it like periodically the rest of the day being like, how many people, how many people? And it was, it was wild. It and was we, gained, we gained so many followers that day too. We had, I think like seven followers when the day started and ended up with like 90. It was really that much. Yes that's wild which is honestly awesome so that means that also like because I'm logged in I can see that like I think overall it led like a couple hundred people to our page like to actually Mm -hmm. view the page and that means like one third of them followed us yeah that's pretty good like that's pretty good margin I'm not in business or whatever but no that's pretty nice (laughs) especially because our our Instagram has like what 80 followers and we're like we're most active on Instagram. Truly. Like we post, like I feel like I'm posting something every other day about the mm-hmm. show on Instagram and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, there is something, first of all, TikTok's like crazy because just how it works is like no other yeah. app and that you can truly, like it is truly democratized things where you can mm-hmm. just, like we can post a video and if it, you know, it could blow up, it could flop flop you could do whatever um and I also find it so interesting how innocuous the part of the conversation that was posted was yeah because it was from the third third episode or no fourth episode the fourth episode yeah fourth episode where Becca and I talked about our astrological charts Mm -hmm. and at some point, Becca and I just talked about how we didn't like to be yelled at. Yeah. And that resonated with the people. 6,000 people said, you know what? Double tap. I will say, I like that. as soon as we said it in the episode, I was like, that'll be a good highlight because it's like, it's relatable. I feel like a lot yeah. of people don't like to be yelled at. And we we found that out. Yeah. With this so TikTok many, success. So all the comments are like, I don't like to be yelled at either. I don't like to be yelled yeah. at either. Yeah. And, but yeah, it's just something so innocuous as that because, you know, Becca and I 
we do take time out of our like lives to like produce the show and stuff and like do mm-hmm. these like big segments and like these like big topics and stuff but then like this literal just like little like oh blah blah blah, blah, blah is the thing that mm-hmm. like people are really resonating with yeah yeah it can be any moment and there is also something so intoxicating about just watching the numbers go up I know I was finding myself being a little obsessed with it I I, I completely the same I completely yeah. agree Mm-hmm. I was telling everybody I came into contact with that day. I was like, look at this. It's doing good. <laughs> look at, look you at see? me and my friend. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, oh, and also I, I saw somebody, I like saw somebody I know in real life. I was at a restaurant and I saw a friend there. And so I went up to them and they were like, oh, I saw you on my For You page today. <sighs> like <laughs> what? What a win no literally it It was like (laughs) crazy and I do see how like after (laughs) and it's so it's so like I know how dumb what I'm about to say is but like even after we got like 6,000 likes on TikTok like I can see how people become like intoxicated by fame and like oh yeah just want to like get more doing stuff like that like it's crazy Mm-hmm. like it was making the brain or it was making the rat in my brain like go like so fast <laughs> and like just the just brain. run on its wheel <laughs> the brain of oh. my rat um <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> yeah the brain I'm just thinking about how your brain accidentally called itself the brain <laughs> oh or was it the rat anyway or was it the rat she went through the wires um just to say but yeah that was really cool to watch on my birthday yeah i Mm -hmm. and yeah that kind of iron our fame right now so it'll probably be another like 20 tiktoks before we blow up again i'm hoping hoping. but yeah (laughs) yeah Well, well so what did you do to celebrate my birthday what did i do to celebrate your birthday well I I think I sent you something in the morning about like the podcast (laughs) I think I sent you like a text in the morning just like not referencing it and then like two (laughs) minutes later I was like oh (laughs) and then I was like (laughs) and happy birthday (laughs) I was like happy birthday Becca my light my joy my everything in my life what did I do on your birthday I no because that was a couple days later no because your birthday was on Thursday right Mm mm-hmm Okay. It was Thursday. I ate a nice dinner. Good. Where'd um, you go? The porch. Oh, my favorite place. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was Kismet. Oh, my God. No, I... We need to talk about the porch more because people... It's so good. So the porch is in Becca and I's, like, college campus it's like mm-hmm. on campus but not really but like still on campus and yeah. it's like the only actual restaurant in our kind of like vicinity yes yeah they're like there are like three sit-down places where a waiter actually like comes up to you and says hi what would you like yeah and you have to tip them yeah and the other two of them are like still kind of like like fast foodies fast foodie bar food kind of like but the porch is definitely 
a step up from that. Yeah. And it's just people hate on it and they're always like, oh, it's so expensive. But I'm like, guys, it's just because it's an actual restaurant. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's not just like slop for college kids. Literally. It's where I take like my parents and stuff. And mm-hmm. honestly, I love going there at like on a weekend for lunch because mm-hmm. also or in the summer during the weekdays sorry because there's always like office workers there mm-hmm. um and it feels so official <laughs> i'm taking like, my lunch break i just love it yeah yeah so i went to the porch and then i drank some margaritas so mm. Very nice. Very nice. Right, that's that's how I celebrate my friend Becca. Okay. Well, I believe Becca and I are now adequately caught up. And so as followers of the show will know, in an MPJ first last week, mm-hmm. we decided to bravely have our first two-part episode. Yes. And so last week we discussed our freshman and sophomore years of high school. And this week we will be discussing our junior and senior years of high school which gotta say that's really where the magic starts to happen Mm -hmm. and the dark magic (laughs) oh all the good all the bad oh yeah high highs and low low (laughs) highs and low lows the highs and lows of high school football are (laughs) present in that latter half of yeah of high school so Becca and I are going to throw to one of our cheeky little breaks and then a past version of us will be back to guide you through our final two years of high school. Yes. Guys, I'm scared. All right. Well, so junior year, Becca, what's happening? Grade? Yeah. This is where it starts to get serious. Well, this is the big one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it because guess what it was 2016 oh and I didn't even yeah. talk about that of it all I guess I can talk about it after you introduce it but yeah because yeah 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 mm-hmm. so this is a point in my life where a lot of stuff changed because my two best friends at the time um were less like just like less involved in politics like caring about politics than mm-hmm. I was yeah um and so I was starting to get pissed off I was like what's <laughs> going on um this you was also when happening? I was like getting really close <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. um I was getting really close with Lauren who was like a similar thinker to me mm-hmm. so we were like coming together as one as well yeah um and yeah the most significant point in my 11th grade year was the day after Trump won mm-hmm. the day yeah. I guess of the election and I came into school because I had tried to stay up for the results that night mm-hmm. um and then like fell asleep woke up to the news and I was like oh my god that was um, a terrible okay, feeling I just I gotta get it. ready and go to school <laughs> it's so awful yeah. and I was like I, I have a I had I had an AP world test so I had to go I couldn't, you couldn't miss this test. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, this is a cruel, cruel joke. And I got to school and I just, my two friends came up to me and were kind of like joking about it. And I just started crying like so hard. Mm-hmm. I started crying. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, like I need to walk away from you too. Mm-hmm. And I met up with Lauren. Lauren was also crying. Lauren went home for the day famously. 
queen. I cry. I literally cried in like every single class period that day. Um, and then me and those two friends like basically just started drifting apart at that point. Mm-hmm. And they, the one had been my friend since like elementary school. Mm-hmm. So that was like crazy. Yeah. To, like just have your world kind of sh- shook up like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I did that. I got really close with Lauren. Um, I was still playing sports. I was thinking about Pitt at this time also. Um, I'm trying to think of what else was I. Oh. I know this was actually that was a 12th grade event. So I'll save that. Um, but yeah, that was the most significant. I, oh, I started wearing my glasses again for some reason. Junior year. Mm-hmm. Um, I also got my first C in a class ever, and that was um, pre-calc. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Pre-calculus. And I was shocked. I should not have – I didn't need to take that math class, but I did for some reason. I've never been Mm. good at math. Yeah. Um, So – and I also just – I needed help, and I didn't speak up. I was falling so behind. I was like – it was bad. It was very bad. But, yeah, I saw that. Pre-calc is tough. My junior year, I also, um, I almost got to see my first semester. It it hasn't, it didn't happen up to then. It, it mm-hmm. hasn't happened since then. And honestly, because it just, seeing it on a report card just made me sick to my stomach. There's something demoralizing about it. <laughs> Which like, honestly, like I, mm. I can recognize that it doesn't really matter. Oh like, no. That grade did not affect my life in any way, but no. like in the moment was like this is gonna ruin me in my it future. felt like the end of the world <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. literally yeah yeah but it's okay yeah so with, with with the election of trump of it all obviously it was like a very fraught time at mm-hmm. my school that was probably another big part of like it was during my sophomore year and yeah i was i was like one of the only kids who was like liberal and like and going to like a going to like an all-boys school during like the barstool conservatism movement like I I need financial compensation like Dave Portnoy needs to like pay me damages in some way like I it's truly (laughs) criminal he owes me so much um it's criminal like (laughs) it's 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 terrible and so people are just like like people just like Trump obviously because like obviously it's like part of it was that like people's parents and stuff because I went to like a private school and so like there was you know wealth accumulating and so people and also it was just like Mm -hmm. I was literally around 15 16 year old boys who like literally this man getting up there and just like making his whole political brand like being not PC and being like owning the libs and disrespecting women like it was like oh yeah like it was it was tough and also my school so we had um right around that time every year or no it wasn't we had spirit week literally the week of the election we had spirit week and so what does my school do Mm. but the day after the election wait was this the day it was either the day after or the day of but have an America Day. 
please. Literally have an American day. And they were, uh, of God. course, they were like, they were like, guys, 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 no political references. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Reel it in. Re- don't do it. But they were like, they were like, America Day. That won't be divisive at all. Um, and so, mm. um, yeah, yeah, I did see a lot of, uh, people did weren't wearing it during the day, but definitely like I remember before school, somebody was wearing like a Trump like sweatshirt. And I was just like, oh, like yeah. this is terrible. This is terrible. The biggest event from my junior year is definitely my school theater department did Les Mis. Oh, okay. And so if you are unfamiliar, Les Mis tells the story of the June Revolution in France um not the French Revolution a lot of people don't know that but it was not like where they were beheading people it was like a different thing the French have had a lot of revolutions they're very revelatory people we got to give that to them at least um yeah. and so One basically thing gonna do. yeah so we did Les it was like going to be the biggest thing ever like it was going to be like our cast we started with almost 100 people in the cast oh my god like we started with like in the 80s like obviously people kind of like started to drop off and stuff but and so it was like junior year I was trying I was getting like bigger roles and stuff and so I was um Tenardier the innkeeper if you will master of the house if you're familiar with the soundtrack (laughs) um and so yeah but it was like it was like we were like it felt like being a rock star honestly like obviously not while we were at school but like also Mm -hmm. my school's musical went on for five months like we rehearsal yes 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 so at the way rehearsals worked for becca and i's college theater program is we would rehearse for like four or five weeks and you would be in rehearsal like mm-hmm. 20 to 24 hours a week, 20 to 25 hours a week. Yeah. So like it was an intense rehearsal window, but it was really short. My high school, we had two hour rehearsals every day after school, but like it really depended like what got done. Like it just was a little, you know, yeah. but my musical, like the musical literally started, we would start rehearsals the second week of November and the show wasn't until the first two weekends of March. Oh my God. So November, December, January, February, March, five months. So it was like, I guess it was like, like only two hours. Yeah. I, it ends up being like, or not even the same amount of time, but like, I don't know. It was just long. Like I always remember that it was long. I was like, yeah, so much time, but lame is, and it was just like huge. Like we just had a whole push behind it. Like the school was really into it. It was like all this kind of stuff. And so we would literally play to like, I think our average audience was like 800 people. That's that is sizable. Did yes, you guys have like a like, big auditorium attached to oh your my God. school? Our, our, our auditorium was comically large, which made yeah. it hard for like our school because first of all, the sound sucked. And then second of all, like when we would do plays and shit, like maybe a hundred to 200 people would show up. And so obviously like looked like the auditorium was empty, but like it was right. just because it was so big, but no, like yeah. lame is it was like almost full every night. 
Wow. Like we played to like, awesome, like over our whole run, we played to like over 4,000 people, which is wow. crazy. Like it was, did it you, was like, it's like nothing you, I've ever done. Did you also have a day where like there was be like a midday assembly and all the school would have to watch it? We did not do the full musical, but we did do like a, a preview. Okay. We did do like a preview. Lame is because we did one day more. Oh my God. And so, okay. So the first night of Lame is ready? Ready? This is crazy. Yeah. First night of Lame is. So Lame is famously like two and a half hours long. It's it's a marathon. Very long. And there are so many different moving parts to it. There are like 30 characters. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. So literally maybe like 45 minutes into it, A Heart Full of Love, which is like one of the songs. It's like the seminal, like the love story at the middle of like what's going on around it. Like the two rich kids being like, oh, there's a revolution going on, but my heart is just singing. Um, and so A Heart Full of Love is like one of those songs. And literally during A Heart Full of Love, Power goes out. <gasps> yeah. In like the whole school. Spooky. Yeah, because there had been a really big storm that night. It's our opening night. The power is now out. And it's like, what? Like, all I remember is like hearing my theater director go, hold. And then being like, okay, guys, we're going to scuttle. And then we like literally scuttled off and we went upstairs. And like, I remember we were all upstairs being like, what's going to happen? What's going on? And then we literally went back down. We <laughs> all, show. we all got our phones and we put the flashlights on and we just did the rest of the show. In the dark? Yes. In the dark. Like it was definitely more concert style, but like we just did the rest of the show. That's crazy. Yeah. And it was, it was like a big deal. Like the, like the local news picked it up the the like and it, and it was like a bigger boon to like our ticket sales and stuff because like everybody was like oh my god these kids performed in the dark oh my god and when you go back and watch like the video that went like kind of like locally viral is us doing one day more mm-hmm. um and we sound heinous oh no it's actually oh, bad no. it's actually horrible I- like it's, it's, I can't believe you guys persisted though. Yeah, no, we we pulled and we did the whole it. rest of the show. Like, except for, okay, there was one. That's insane. Uh, minus one of my songs because it was so hard. During the final song, um, there's like one more, um, there's one more like, it's kind of a reprise of Do You Hear the People Sing, which is another like really famous song from the show. It's like, do you hear the people sing caught in the valley of the night? And part of the gag of the show was that people came back but as different historical movements throughout time or different social justice movements throughout time so like there were people to represent like the civil rights movement I did um I was the names project so like AIDS advocacy um during like the Mm -hmm. 1980s some people were like oh one the first night a girl did a girl had like a reproductive rights sign um, that was like keep Whoa. your rosaries off my reproductive system I think that's what it said <laughs> and like that was like not good like we had to have a whole come to Jesus about it the next day and like our principal oh. basically like twisted our arm into like being like okay we can't use that anymore um, 
but yeah that was like the gag oh, no. and so like we would come like like they spent this whole time being like oh these righteous people taking it up and then like the whole gag was that like oh if you think these people are righteous then like all these people throughout history were doing like literally the exact same thing mm-hmm. and so like if you have any wow. like resistance to what they're doing you're like why is that take a take a look a little bit of a hypocrite yeah yeah and so <laughs> inward that was that was the wow. that was the gag of the season um and so yeah also mm-hmm. during junior year I told friend so after like seven months of having a crush on him I told mm-hmm. friend that I was like hey yeah <laughs> I have a crush on you and he was like that's so tough for you actually um (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna suck for you that's that's tough for you right now um and so yeah I I also had to I I had to contend with that um Mm -hmm. and so yeah those were two of the kind of big things that happened my junior year sure well okay this is uh moving into the biggest one for me yeah that's 12th grade <gasps> oh yeah oh yeah I know if we thought coming. a lot if we thought a lot changed 11th grade mm-hmm. just wait so 12th yeah. grade um I quit sports which made me feel a little bit flirty fun and fresh I loved that um and I was just like set on having fun much like I am right now I was set on having yeah. fun then Mm -hmm. Um, some things I did that were fun was like, I became historian of the table tennis club of my school. So (laughs) yeah, just cause I went and Lauren was a treasurer cause we went mm, about three times to the club and we were like, Hey, like, do you guys need a historian and a treasurer? And they're like, Mm -hmm. uh, sure. And so, yeah. Um, and we played ping pong. That was Mm -hmm. fun. Um, also I got my first job oh and that was working at um that was working at a place called core life which is a salad place um Lauren also worked there I started in September because you know I was driving now I had my little car Mm -hmm. her name was sweetener her name was sweetener and she um, she did come she was in talks of being um named best car at the in the senior superlatives but you know it never came to fruition but you know i'm sure she was third place that's so tough um yeah but so i'm working at the salad place and honestly i think i do believe nefarious things i do believe the evil eye was on me because as we as we've discussed before i have nick jonas syndrome type 1 diabetes Um, and I have to believe because of what I experienced at work, that this was not, this was not an act of randomness. This was not genetic. It was a curse. Mm -hmm. That is because I, one time, my manager who was like 30 years old Mm -hmm. was being a little bit mean to me. And so I was talking about him behind his back and I was like, blah, 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 blah. And he has diabetes because he did have type one diabetes and I made fun of him for it. Not knowing, not knowing anything about diabetes. I, so, you know, this was bad of me. I will admit, I don't, I don't think he heard me. I didn't think he was in the building, but, but what do I start getting symptoms of 
less than days later. I have extreme thirst. I'm going to the bathroom 15 times a night. I can't sleep like a full hour without having to pee and drink more water. By Thanksgiving, I am basically the shell of a woman. By Christmas, I am completely barren. Oh my God. It was that long? Yeah. Oh yeah. And you were just like living with it? So for like a month. Yeah. It started to become normal. Yeah. Until finally, like I literally, I was, I got so like, I was like throwing up all the time. Like I couldn't keep anything down except Sprite, which famously (laughs) definitely also increases your blood sugar, which is like what my body was already doing. So like that was bad. So it was fully a curse um, Mm -hmm. that I got this because then I went to the ER for extreme dehydration. um, And then they were like, hey, we think you have diabetes. And I was like, oh, oh, I think I know who did it. (laughs) And it's my boss. A witch. Um, But yeah, my dad Mm -hmm. had to call Core Life on the phone and say, so actually she has to quit immediately effective um, immediately and I was like laying in a hospital bed <laughs> she's tendering her immediately. resignation <laughs> immediately. <laughs> yeah she's writing her, her letter in bed yeah um, so yeah that was kind of crazy that changed mm-hmm. my life I have been obviously living with type 1 ever since unless one of you listeners can find a cure which I hope you do mm-hmm. but um yeah so that was kind of crazy a lot of my also what was interesting a lot of my hair fell out afterwards Mm. because of like the trauma response of my body I guess Um, yeah but yeah so I was like just piecing back together my life um I'm so glad that I wasn't in college when that happened and I was 17 years old um (laughs) because that would have like really been detrimental to my college experience Mm -hmm. but being home I was able to like kind of chill take it slow yeah Mm -hmm. rebuild my life a little bit get some normalcy much like um, I was still on insulin well. pens. I did. Yes, very much so. And I was on insulin pens and I did not have um, Stan list item Dexcom yet. I was pricking my fingies. It was mm. crazy. And upside though, I got to miss so much school and senior year is like a lot of it is really pointless. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to miss a lot of it. <laughs> you could say, I will say, Another thing in senior year that changed my life was a teacher I had named Mr. Shaw. Mm-hmm. He is one of the most interesting people I've ever, ever met. He's mm-hmm. like barely real. I love him. Yeah. So he's from Sierra Leone. And then he lived in London. And he would tell us all the time how he could not give blood because he lived in London the exact years that mad cow disease was running rampant. <gasps> oh. So then he came to America yeah so that was like a whole thing that's the one who gives um, blood of like i'm just I've gonna like tell answered you those questions about the ranges and i'm like no yeah yeah well he did and he's <laughs> like guys it's a bummer um he his class was so boring it was ap environmental science his class was so boring he would have to literally tell me all the time rebecca rise up don't sleep on us I was like, I am sleeping on you because I'm, I'm literally being put to sleep by your, he had PowerPoints that were just white with the black, the black text. That's tough. That's going to put me to sleep. 
It's just like it's white noise for the eyes. But I will tell you one anecdote so you can one anecdote so you can get an idea of who he was. One time he was like, "Okay, guys, so we're gonna do this lab that the book asks you to do. Mm-hmm. It's about like consumption and um, trash production. So okay. for two days, you're going to carry around a plastic bag and put all your trash in it." And we were like, so like, you know how like we are high schoolers and like we walk around, like other people have to see us throughout the day. And like, we don't, we don't be carrying a bag of trash with us. And he goes, he goes, guys, wait, are you guys worried about the smell? And we were like, that is also an aspect of it. Um, so he goes, okay. He goes, guys, I won't make you carry around your trash if you promise to write down all the trash you produce in two days. We were like, okay, we'll do it. <laughs> we come back. This is not even the best, right? Oh he, we come back. It's like, everyone forgot about this. Like literally everyone forgot. I don't think a single person did it. Um, Cause you can obviously make that up very easily and just make that up on the spot. But we're coming into class and he's writing stuff on the board in a list format. And it's like one apple juice carton, one styrofoam cup. I'm like, oh, this is like his list of trash. Then I'm like, he fully steps away and he's like, okay, like start handing in your lists. I'm reading his list on the board and I go, wait, that says right there, two cups of and half a plate of, you know what? (laughs) I I raised my hand. I said, Mr. Shaw, I, I don't know what what do you have two cups of and half a plate of? He said, human waste. He was measuring his pee and poop. wait I said wait (laughs) like that's so disturbing first of all second of all plates plates are not measurements (laughs) half a plate is also a lot of surface area oh my god I was like why didn't you just do cups and cups you have them for the different states of matter because one's a liquid and one's a solid (laughs) Oh my God. But plates aren't measurements and he's a scientist. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, so oh, we wow. just absolutely started crying, laughing. So were you like, supposed I've never to been so scared. <laughs> I literally go, you wanted that in the, in the waist? He was like, oh, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> the smell Crazy. would be really bad. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely would be detrimental like, to our social. Shaw. Like, he's the best. There's so many other things that he did, but oh wait, I ha- I have to tell this other one where he he. This Please. is short because my friend um my friend Neela had him also, and she she came up to him while I was talking to him in the hallway, and he goes, "Oh, Neela, do I have you today or tomorrow?" And she said, "Oh, okay, so you had me last year." Oh. I was your student a full year ago. Okay. He goes, that's right. <laughs> he just, he was that kind of guy, just floating on there, had a, a great spacey. time. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, so he was a fundamental part of the joy oh, of my wow. 12th grade year just because there was so much going on. I loved it. Oh, I, I wow. laughed so much in his class when I wasn't asleep. I was laughing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then pretty much from there, I. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I just kept on living. I went to prom. Um, Lauren went with my cousin. And then uh, I said, okay, can your cousin? Yeah. I said, can your cousin come with me? And he said, I don't want to go. <laughs> so the three of us were kind of like a little unit. <laughs> prom. I know. I was like, okay, that's tough. That's so that's tough. tough. That's so tough. Yeah. Um, <sighs> but yeah. And then I graduated and I decided to go to Pitt. Had no idea what I was doing, mm-hmm. but I was going to go there. I wanted to be in a city. Thank God. I thank God every day I didn't go to NYU because imagine if that we, part, we paid that money. That part. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like just for the pandemic to happen. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Also, that amount of money, period. And then yeah. the pandemic on top of it. Yeah. It, no, it just, I... I thank yeah. my lucky stars. The universe was protecting me. <laughs> I, I am divinely protected because that didn't happen to me. Exactly. Exactly. I didn't understand at the time. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, Becca. I don't mm-hmm. know if I have like a Mr. Yeah. Shaw story in me. <laughs> wow. No, um, something I forgot to mention that was really important about my junior year is that I revitalized my school's gay-straight alliance. So I was very close <gasps> with yes. my... I was really close with this one kid my freshman year who was a senior when I was a freshman and he was basically like the out gay kid at our school and so he had started Mm -hmm. the GSA while he was a student but it had kind of laid dormant and so by my junior year I was already getting like I was like hmm like this is a thing that should like be happening especially as a student who's like queer and Mm -hmm. stuff um and my ASL teacher who I had for all four years because she was the only ASL teacher who I was also very close with because I just had, she was like the only teacher I had all four years of high school. She was a lesbian and she actually was like the faculty advisor for our GSA. And so I went to her and I was like, is there any way we can like get this back going? And she's like, yeah, if you want to do it, you you can totally do it and I'll be here to support you and so we just started it one day we used to meet so my my senior year my school started having an activity period during the day it was called flex period but before that you either had to meet my school got out early on Wednesdays and that would usually be our activity period or we had g days which are our cycle like our classes were on a cycle and so then on G days, the last part of the cycle would drop off and it was called G6. Okay. And so that was another activity period, but that would happen less frequently than like Wednesdays. Yeah. And so I already had both because I was very involved. Um, I had Wednesdays were occupied and G6 were occupied. And so what did I do, but had GSA meetings at 7.30 in the morning I am. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good My school you. did start later than most schools. We didn't start till 8 15. Oh, but that's nice. Yeah. So I like revitalized my school's GSA. I got my friends to come and then we kind of built it from there. I like did a whole week of programming our first year that was like 
semi-successful and like got our name out there as a club and then we started meeting consistently mm-hmm. but yeah so by, my, by the end of my senior year we had like 20 people showing up consistently every week and so it was kind of That's cool that over like a two-year period I had helped to like build that and it was really like my baby because I was like the only person on like the exact board and stuff like that and so mm-hmm. yeah um, and then my, I was also really involved in high school outside of theater. And so I was on my school's Model UN team. I was undersecretary general my junior year, which was oh my, God. my school hosted our own Model UN meet. And so I was second in command for the planning of that. And the boy I had a crush on was the first in command. <gasps> ah. And then, yeah. And so then I was vice president my senior, my senior year and he was president. Um, I was also youth leader for our school's youth and government delegation with the crush. We did like me and me and um, the crush. We did like everything together. It was crazy. Um, But we were both in youth and government together. And then we did theater together. Obviously, we did choir. I joined my school's choir sophomore year. So I was like very involved. I was running around doing a bunch of different stuff. And since senior year hits, Mm -hmm. I... um, I am now, like what Becca said, like I was leading, I like was one of the leaders of freshman orientation my senior year. So I helped all the new little freshmen get acquainted. And oh, Oh, I forgot to talk about the London trip too. I fully went to London during my junior year of high school. We're Mr. Worldwide. Yeah, with, with like my theater my school's like theater group. Some of us went to on a trip to London because my theater director sponsored that. That was a really fun trip. Well, That's so cool. And that was another really big, yeah. Okay. So we won't, we won't fully get on a London trip. Definitely less significant than the Italy okay. trip, but mm-hmm. yeah. So the London trip, just know it was a thing. And so then we get into senior year and um, what were like the big moments senior year? So obviously college is like close. I'm getting ready to apply to yes. colleges. And I was like, always like a really, I was like a, student who like I thought you know or not I thought but like I was a student who really excelled in school and so I was like applying to all these like really fancy like private schools elite institutions all that kind of stuff and just getting ready to do all that Mm -hmm. it's such a laborious especially when I was applying for college it is such a laborious process especially the schools I was applying to I wrote like 30 essays like I I wrote so much and now and now like post-COVID I'm like (laughs) uh, like I hear as somebody who works in college admissions I'm like oh y'all divas don't know and it's like you gotta take the SAT oh my god and I got I got the same exact score on the SAT twice that happened to me really same subscores too in a row I got the same and the same subscores yeah that's crazy oh my god like everything was the same not us being kismet again um (laughs) yet again but yeah so literally the first time two times I took the SAT I was like oh this is all for naught the second time because I was like and then the third time just did worse so the first time was the best I was ever gonna do it no the first time I did it was I didn't study at all then I studied for six months got the same exact score then I didn't study at all again and got like 20 points higher or whatever that's tough um well actually that's good that you went up yeah. I did the opposite thing so 
then <laughs> so as i said junior year i told crush i was like okay i like you and he was like so i actually have this other thing with this girl i'm gonna say it it's a que- it's a very queer narrative um yeah and so he would then go on to date that girl for nine months but and we went on a service trip together that summer where we did a whole road trip through the south going to different like civil rights spots um and so that was like another trip for obviously us to get close (laughs) I also got food poisoning on that trip and was fully pissing out of my asshole the whole time like not the whole time but like the whole last half of the trip Ooh. Yeah, I, I, I believe it was a piece of pizza I ate in Birmingham, Alabama, um, (laughs) that really just did me in. Please. No, I know it was, it was terrible. Food poisoning is the worst. Um, oh my God. It's unspeakable. It's unspeakable. So basically, so I have, so after, after, so first of all, crush had told me Maybe I shouldn't say this part. Crush had told me that he was going to break, that he had intentions to break up with the girlfriend like a month before he even did it. But it was drama because they were cast in a musical for one of our sister schools as like the romantic couple. The leads. Ooh. Yes. Yes. And so it was like a very much like drama. Oh, scary, scary stuff yeah. going on there. And so he was like, well, I don't know what to do because like, what about the show? And it was just, yeah. And so- there's that whole part, but I, but, and so then they break up eventually and, you know, some things were happening and I was just, something about me. If you are remotely nice to me, I'm like, oh, you're in love with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's but I believe part, that. Yeah. There's a part of my mind where I'm like, oh, they're, they're in love with me. They're, they've got it bad for me. And so we, yeah. we were like, obviously really great friends by this point. Cause like we did so much together, all this kind of stuff. And so, but then there were like a couple indicators where I was just like, I don't know. And so one thing my friend Caroline said about me once is you can say what you want about Quinn, but he will shoot his shot. And I believe that to this day. And that's it. I believe that to this day. <laughs> well, um, yeah. I and usually shoot. it works out for you. In in interesting ways, it does definitely. Um, so yeah, I so once again, I was like, we're down, but we're not out. So I shot my shot again. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Okay, I have not noticed the same things. But I could see how you would maybe construe my actions that way because there was basically, I can't even remember what it was, but there were just like, I felt like the vibes had shifted and that it was in a different place now. Yeah. And so I talked to him about that and he was like, okay. And he was like, can I think about it? <laughs> and I was like, I guess okay. so. And so <laughs> we like parted ways mm-hmm. and then it was just like I was in limbo for a couple of days like we still saw each other at school obviously and like because we had a lot of class together our senior year and so all this kind of stuff and then one night he texts me after I so that conversation we had was in person and he texted me being like hey look 
basically, I'm sorry, but I just don't feel that way about you. I feel like I've tried, like, I, I really like, not tried, but like, I really thought about <laughs> it and like thought deeply about it. And I just don't feel the same yeah. way. And I like hate to do this again. I was just like, okay. And I was like, at this point, I'm pissed. Yeah. Because so I talked to you. I bring something up to you in person. If you don't feel that way about me, fine. Mm-hmm. I bring something up to you in person. I expect you to, to finish the conversation in person. Yeah. Like there are certain things you say, there are certain things that are okay to say over text, over the phone, and then mm-hmm. in person. Like, like, and you have to have a social awareness to be like, okay, what is the context to say this in? And he sent me that like literally at 11 o'clock at night. My parents are asleep. I literally, it's going to sound so cheesy, guys. And I know, I know. But I literally, in that moment, when I got that text, I felt my heart break. Oh. Like, I truly felt, like, I truly felt, like, I. It's true. Yeah, and I had, I was, I was 17. Like, I was having full-on heart palpitations. Yeah. Like, it was, it was tough. It was really tough. Um, And I was like, I just got mad. I just got mad immediately. I was like, what the, yeah. I was like, you can't just do that. Like, like it's whatever, how you feel about me. I'm not upset with how you feel about me. I was, but like, I'm not like, that's not the primary thing I'm upset about. Mm-hmm. I'm upset that you waited until like late at night to text me when I can't like go to my parents. I don't have any resources. And now I'm just like literally having an experience I've never experienced before. Like literally like I'm dealing with heartbreak for the first time in my life, really, like romantically. And like my, I'm ha- I had literal heart yeah. palpitations for like a couple hours. Like my heart was literally beating oh like God. fast. And it was like, it was, it was this whole thing. And I was like, and then we had to have this whole, like come to Jesus and like our friendship and be like, we had to have like an actual, like in-person talk. I, I literally said the back, I was like, I was like, we will be talking about this again in person. <laughs> And he was like, okay. And like, yeah, I was like, we're going to have to hash this out. And so then, yeah. So then we (laughs) had that and we're like, okay. And it was for, in a certain way, it was nice because um, Mm -hmm. it gave me closure. And so it was just like, okay, so this isn't going to happen. I fully allowed it. I I was like, okay, I've tried now twice. It's just not meant to be. And at that point I was like, okay. Sure. I'm done. I'm washing my hands of it. It's done. Baby, baby, baby. What happens eight days later? What happens eight days later? (laughs) Something I love to do something about me is I'm a lingerer. I linger. Mm -hmm. If I'm having a good time with the girls, I'm good times keeping going basically. So it's, so we had a choir performance um for the board of trustees at one of my sister schools and after that performance it was me ex crush now and mm-hmm. ex crushes ex girlfriend who wow. me and her had formed an alliance because i like <laughs> went, who do i go to but her and say what and we like we fully were like it kind of bonded us Brene Brown calls it common yeah. enemy intimacy 
and we had a common Love enemy it. because she was so mad at him yeah. for breaking up and yeah all this stuff mm-hmm. and then um so the three of us literally stand outside for like an hour after like the concert ends very much like me and becca on at the corner of oakland avenue and bates street in bates and um it's very much that energy and then we're like okay i was like i have to go because my mom had like called me to pick up food for like my family on the way home and i was like okay guys well now i have to go and then um crush or ex crush i should say at this point goes quinn and i'm like yeah and he's like can i talk to you and i'm just like i guess and so we get in my car and i had noticed a little bit of a change in behavior but at this point i think i'm crazy i think i'm fully crazy because every time i i try to be like i try to be like okay i've noticed this X crush keeps going "Hmm, no you didn't and i'm like okay well i must just be crazy so um i had noticed a change (laughs) but of course once i had like started to go down that route because i had been burned i was like quinn no Mm -hmm. and so i was i was miss moving on and then what does this motherfucker say to me who i I love very deeply now by the way like it's in jest in case (laughs) what do they say to me but yeah so I don't know I've been thinking about it and I think I, I I think there is definitely something that like I do feel about you and like was like yeah I think I I think I do actually have uh like crush on you as well what did you feel in that moment oh my god it was like it was it was the weirdest mix of emotions because of course I remember I said it to one of my friends I was like I feel like even if he came back at this point I would just no it's done it's it's over with I'm over it <laughs> girl mm-hmm. mm, mm, no. I had to eat Fold those it. words something about <laughs> me something about me as I said okay um <laughs> and so yeah and then a week later about like a week later we literally like went on our first date and then it was like my first date ever and so I was like we went and saw Mm -hmm. Bohemian Rhapsody (laughs) yeah um fun fact about Quinn Trivia Rami Malek yeah um (laughs) and then after that I was like oh my god no and it was so unorthodox because we were obviously like he he was really my closest friend and now it's like there was this other Mm -hmm. aspect of our relationship and so literally after the first date I, we had like DTR which like is kind of crazy of me but I didn't like know how to conduct myself quite yet so I was like mm-hmm. so literally after the first day we were like I was like so what are we <laughs> so yeah we're night and then yeah and then he was like well I guess we can be boyfriends if that's what you want and I was like yeah that is what I want oh so yeah that is the story of how I started my first relationship in high school and yeah, so that would ride out the rest of the school year. And then mm-hmm. mama, mama, it's not even over yet. Oh my God. And now the trauma starts. But because <laughs> okay. the second half of my senior year, truly, oof, it started my flop era. I, I had a flop era 
from about 2019 to mid 2021. Whoa. That whole time, it was a flop era. And I think, of course, there were external circumstances. So I I met you in your flop era. Yes. Yeah. Becca very much met me in my flop era. Crazy. Okay. Yeah. I think I I was flopping for a little while. And part of that was the pandemic that would ensue. But Mm-hmm. It very much started my senior year of high school, specifically the second half of my senior year of high school. So I would, so by that point, all of my college applications had turned in. I remember like December 1st or 2nd, I turned in all my college applications and I applied to eight schools, none mm-hmm. of which were the school that I would eventually go to. <laughs> that is tough. Yeah. And so basically, so since I was a theater student, if you don't know, when it comes to like arts, there are a couple different types of degrees you can get. So there's the BA, which is what Becca and I now have, um, which is basically just mm-hmm. like a more kind of eclectic education. Like it's more your typical kind of like liberal arts education in which you kind of get educated as like in a bunch of different areas. But you obviously have your major and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the BFA, which is a Bachelor of Fine Arts. And so that basically means that like, you take more classes that are like specifically kind of focused and grounded in like a certain area of your studies. Yeah. Um, And so I applied to a lot of BFA programs for performance, um, acting, because that's what I thought I wanted to do with my life. I thought I wanted to be an actor. Um, And so I had to go and audition for different schools. And so Mm -hmm. I believe I auditioned for like four schools. I also did it very differently because some people do like, like usually when people do that, it's a little bit more of a numbers game. And so like people will apply to a bunch of schools, go audition for all of them. And then hopefully they just like, cause you just need one and then you can go there and get it. But like, Mm -hmm. I didn't do that. I kind of wanted, like Becca said, I wanted to be in the city. I wanted to, I had this whole like wish list of things. And so then, yeah, um, I only, so like I had to audition for like maybe three or four schools, I want to say, and the rest of them were just like regular, like they have theater programs, but they were just BA programs. So you need to audition into them. And so as mm-hmm. I got into the spring and I got decisions back, I got into one of the schools I had originally applied to. And I did not even get into like the BFA program at that school, which was like the only reason I was going to go because it wasn't like a strong academic school, but it had a really strong like theater program. Program. And so basically it was like, I was like, I'm not going to go here just to get like a BA or whatever. And then every other, the seven other schools I was either denied or put on the wait list for. What was the school you got into? If you don't mind me. Pace University and NYC. Shout out to y'all. Okay. Um, and then I was waitlisted yeah. at Northeastern and NYU. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. But Pace, I got into like Pace the University, but mm-hmm. I didn't get into like their BFA programs. Yeah. So okay. I got like, which I did had audition for. So I got like accepted and rejected by the same school. yeah so it was it was very tough especially because then my now boyfriend is like 
literally gets a like he because like obviously we were like together in like our classes a lot and stuff he literally gets like not only gets into like basically everywhere he applied I think he only didn't get into like one school and it was like an Ivy League school um Mm -hmm. he gets in everywhere he applies he's getting like good scholarships he gets invited to the university he would eventually attend for like a weekend because he's a finalist for one of their scholarships he eventually gets the scholarship oh which is a full ride <laughs> to a prestigious uh, like university <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah and i i don't have a school to go to that i actually want to go to <laughs> <laughs> and this was and this was really like I can, it, it's still confounding to this day because I was also, we were all really close to our college counselors and our guidance counselors. And so like, I remember I was just like, it was like, it was not at all what I was told college, like the whole experience would be like for me. Cause I was like, honestly a high achieving right. student. I had all these amazing credentials. I was mm-hmm. involved. I had great grades. I had like a pretty good SAT score. It was like, it was just like, I'm like, it, for whatever reason, I got super, super unlucky. And so, yeah, that was like a really dark time because I was like, I, I of course had this whole idea of what my college experience would be like as the student I've been describing throughout this entire podcast episode. And then to have that all like shattered, Mm -hmm. it was super tough and then of course all my friends who were in like the honors and AP classes with me see them all get these like amazing opportunities and stuff and be like okay yeah wait so then how did you if that's like springtime how did you end up applying to Pitt it's rolling emissions so they go they're open till April yeah Oh, I thought that they still closed in the winter because I I applied for them in September and heard back literally seven days later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so then I, I got to like apply to stuff knowing. Mm-hmm. So I then if I want to college stay in the picture for me, which like at this point it was like, well, do I even go to college like my first year? Or do I like just take a gap year, reapply, do whatever? Yeah. So I look for schools with rolling emissions and that's how I found Pitt, which is eventually where I ended up going. So I applied in early April. Mm-hmm. I did not get admitted until mid-April. And then mm-hmm. I did not end up visiting until the Saturday before decision day. Wow. Yeah. And so, yeah. That yeah, is it was a quick really, turnaround. Yeah, <laughs> so it was super tough there for me for a second. And I also applied to two other schools. Um, and went and visited them in both of those times. And so it was very, it was very hectic coming out of the wire for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. And then on top of that, because theater was a really big part of my high school experience, we had auditions Mm -hmm. for our school's musical in the um, kind of winter time of my senior year we were doing the who's Tommy which is a musical that is based off of Tommy which is an album by the rock band the who mm-hmm. um, and so we were doing that 
and we were all doing like rock it was like the first rock musical any of us had ever done so it was like new territory for all of us and so by that point I had started taking voice lessons I was getting like a lot better singing wise and it's my senior year so I'm like oh well basically in the show Tommy there's one like there's a bit there's one pretty big role which is Tommy and so I was like (laughs) that's for me girls I got this (laughs) and so um basically so I walk into the audition and I'm like I walk into the audition I sang I want to break free by Queen and classic I knocked their socks off I I don't know how to say it um and so literally in the audition room my high school theater director asks me okay so would you be okay if we considered you for this one role so in the show there's a role called the acid queen who's a like addict slash like sex worker who sings a song called the acid queen which was kind of made famous by Tina Turner um in Mm -hmm. the Tommy movie and so I was like you know what girl sure I'd do that and so (laughs) yeah literally um so he asked me that in the room but I was like yeah and but I felt really good about the audition obviously and so then Mm -hmm. literally also the next day again because I, I went on the first day of auditions second day of auditions my theater director comes and finds me again and says, okay, so just to make sure you are okay if we cast you in this role as like the acid queen. And I was like, yeah, yeah, why not? Because I was like, I was like, it would be really cool. Like it wouldn't be like the lead, obviously, but it would still be like a really cool featured part. And I would still have like, I would still get to have a really big song. Yeah. And so, yeah. And then I go on my school's retreat, which I didn't even talk about, but my school had religious retreats and my senior year, I led one of them. Oh, (laughs) which is a whole other thing we can get into, but very cult like on retreat, we do end up getting the cast list and I do not get the lead. I also do not get the part that my theater director asked me two separate times if I was willing to be considered for. And I'm instead relegated to the status of like featured ensemble. You were betrayed. Yeah, in my senior musical. Straight up betrayal. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And to make matters worse, I got back. So literally, oh my God, this is like a whole story. I guess I'll just tell it to you and then see what makes it in the episode. But so I'm on retreat (laughs) when we get that. And me and my friends, so me and my two really close friends from theater, we were on, we were leading the retreat together. And we were hoping the cast list didn't come out, but we had, usually we wouldn't have access to our phones. Like our retreatants didn't have access to their phones because it was like, you gave your phone in mm-hmm. and you like committed to the experience and stuff like that. But being leaders, we had to have our phones on us in case, you know, just to communicate with the other people and stuff. So we saw when the cast list came out, we were like, okay, guys, we're not going to look at it. And then literally halfway through our second day, we like bring up the cast list. And then Tony goes, oh, did you guys look at it? one of my friends on the trip and we go no Tony we said we weren't going to and he's like oh really because I I definitely looked at it (laughs) and so then of course me and boyfriend who I'm now on this retreat with look at our Mm -hmm. phones 
And I literally see that on retreat. And I have to be like, okay. <laughs> and oh. then I told my mom about it. Oh my God. And this is, this is dark. I'm sitting in, so we were at this weird like nature preserve for the mm-hmm. retreat. I'm in like my little bunk bed cabin and I'm like texting my mom about it. And I'm like telling her about the whole thing. Literally everyone else is asleep. My mom goes, my mom sends the text. Are you crying? Because I am. Oh my God, that makes it yeah, so much and, worse. And I was not crying until then, but at that point I started bawling. I started bawling. Yeah. Alone. That would destroy at me. At night in like this cabin on a religious retreat. And so, <laughs> in the woods. Yeah. And wow. so then my mother, unbeknownst to me, goes into my school the next day when I'm not there because school is in session, but we are on retreat. She goes into the guidance office and is like, hey, can someone help me? My son is on this retreat and I don't think he's like, okay. She thought I was about to kill myself. (laughs) But she had had a way to contact you. I'm so confused by that. Why would she go around? She just wanted eyes on me. Like, I think she just wanted eyes on me because I... (laughs) I truly didn't have time like I didn't have time to like actually talk to her like on the phone yeah and so literally Mm -hmm. my guidance counselor who I was super close with and who was one of the like faculty leaders on the retreat comes up to me and it's like yeah you and I have to take a walk at some point today oh my god so then we like go on this walk and she's like so your mom came into our office today (laughs) and like I I was being a little hyperbolic when she was like, oh, he's going to kill himself. But like, like right. yeah, but she fully she was worried about in. your mental yeah, state. She was worried about, she was worried about me. And so wow. I had to take a walk and like explain the whole situation yeah. to my guidance counselor. Um, and so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And so, yeah, my senior year was just rough. My, um, I also lost out on a diversity award so fun fact about my high school is that it was actually the first school to integrate in the state of Delaware, like long before Sick. Brown versus board. Um, mm-hmm. That's actually what one of the houses was named after, which I referenced a little bit earlier. Um, oh. the, they call, they're called the Quintus Five, the first five students who integrated my school. So during my graduation, one of them had actually actually didn't graduate because he went and enlisted in either Korea or Vietnam. And so he didn't end up graduating high school ever. Oh my God. And so my year, he came back and like graduated with our class. That's so cool. Yeah. And so to honor that, they had a diverse, they created this award for like fostering diversity and inclusion in the um Mm. school because there's also this huge this was during my junior year there was a or no during my sophomore year there was a big climate survey taken and they found out that like this experience of like students of color at my school was like abysmal (laughs) I yeah yeah like the like the things that like the kids wrote as a response to the like as as a response to the questions 
they, yeah. they were like surprised at which like as a student I was like mm, I'm not really but um I can see that. the minute the administration was very surprised. Um, and so we like, like a office of DEI was established. We brought in a director of DEI. And so there was like an effort by our schools, but like most corporate DEI efforts, it's like at the end of the day, kind of empty um, and not yeah. much is going on there. And so they, they created this award to be given to a senior who like fostered diversity and inclusion in the school community. And so me, as somebody who literally like reinvigorated a whole affinity group at my school for queer students and was like actively mm-hmm. working to provide safe spaces for queer students in my school, I do not win it. <laughs> the leader of our school's black student union doesn't win it. <laughs> but my friend who took a class with the director of DEI and Mm. really grasped the concepts was the recipient of the award. Rock onto that. Yeah. Lots of change happening right in front of our eyes. Yeah, literally. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Awesome. And so awesome. Yeah. And so stuff like that, like my, like I had pissed, like I had pissed my school off enough where like it felt very much at the end they were like okay well you're not gonna we're not gonna do anything like we're not gonna do to honor you (laughs) you. I won a bunch of departmental awards because I had really good grades but like as far as like school awards I didn't win like anything which Mm. is crazy and then what was the one thing oh so this is the last thing I'll say but Mm -hmm. so my senior year obviously we have prom which Becca also talked about so yes. by this point, me and my boyfriend are dating. We're both students at the school. And mm-hmm. we, he had said something about like going to prom together. And then I ended up asking him on Valentine's Day. Very romantic. I know you guys. Aww, so sweet. Um, we're in Washington, D.C. at a Model UN conference. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was just, <laughs> it was That's lovely. Um, and so... I asked him to prom and so then we at one point we're just like okay so we need to tell somebody about this so there was this one math teacher that we had both had who was um we really liked and he was like involved in like the prom organization and stuff and so we went to him and we were like hey we are going to the prom together mm-hmm. <laughs> and we figured we should just let somebody know about that and then he goes, okay, I will talk to the principal who was a priest. And so then one day we both get passes to go to the principal's office like during the day. And so we go to the principal's office together and the principal has a conversation with us. And he's like, look guys, we're, we're super supportive. You know, we are a hundred percent behind you guys. You know, we just you know, we're happy you're doing this event. We just, we don't want it to be like a huge deal, you know? <laughs> so, you know, if anybody tries yeah. to, we're, we're going to let you, like, don't worry. Like, if anybody tries to, like, talk to you about <laughs> it or, you know, like, any press or anything, like, don't, like, there's no need. There's no need to talk to them. Hmm. 
Yeah, and it was very much just like, okay, we'll let you do your little gay stuff, but like, but shush, don't talk yeah. to the news journal because it's it's Delaware and the Delaware News Journal, which is like the state's newspaper, goes to every prom and takes pictures, and they post them on yeah. the news journal the next day, and like so, there's press at yeah. the proms, and. <laughs> yeah and you can't avoid it (laughs) yeah my school which is 114 years old at this point is a all-male catholic school having a we it was one it was one of if not the first time that student like two students had gone together Mm -hmm. and you also needed a date to go to prom yeah you had to you had to have a date to go to prom that's so weird all of our school dances you had to have a date I think it was like some deal with the sister schools like I don't even think it was like but like because they well like when it came to prom and stuff but like we were the only school of our like sister schools to have a homecoming and so like Mm -hmm. you need a date for homecoming but I think that might more be so that like the girls have a homecoming dance to go to because they don't have their own homecoming to go to yeah yeah but yeah still so weird you had to have a date to go to prom like it was mandatory um that was actually another piece of history made our year there's this one really like not weird in that like I don't think he could have gotten a date or or, like in a judgment like not like he was weird and he did not have a date but not weird in a way where I think he couldn't have gotten a date but just just weird just weird some people are and that's fine some people are just weird and like not necessarily in like a fun way like not in a way where it's like oh (laughs) Like you're, you'll get there in a way that he was like, oh no, you're genuinely kind of weird and unsettling. You're just weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, my senior year of high school, it was, it was on battlefield. Like it was, it was. Yeah. Beck and I both, as we've seen through this, this retelling of our journey, we were both kind of just fighting for it. High school in general. Yeah, it was just kind of tough. A what had I put it fraught and <laughs> a fraught informative. Fraught informative time. <laughs> and I and I I stand by that. I stand, I stand by, by I would stand by that too. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And so oh, well, I'm so glad we survived. It's it's hard to it's truly like because now I'm thinking of all these different things. And I'm like, I, obviously we don't have time I know. to like get into everything, but like there has to be it's a follow-up crazy because no, yeah yeah well i think for right now becca and i are closing the book on high school high school yeah so yeah we are going to throw to a little break and then we will be back for our segments Ooh. Ooh. And now, current Becca and I are back. Yes. And as we do on the show from time to time, we love to engage with you, our audience. And as we said, you know, while we were catching up, we did have a little taste of fame this week. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite parts about the app TikTok is the comments. Yes, always. There are a few more unhinged places on the internet than the comments of TikTok. In a beautiful way, I think. 
Yes. And well, it was interesting because I was listening to this thing about TikTok this week and they said the thing that is unique about TikTok. Well, one of the things that is unique about TikTok is that the content you create mostly goes to strangers. Oh, yeah. And so it's not like like Instagram, Facebook, you mostly follow people you no, and like you want to keep up with Twitter mm-hmm. is like a little bit getting off of that idea but TikTok is fully like it just broadcasts your stuff to people who don't know you mostly yeah. especially like you know we don't know 40,000 people or whoever watched the TikTok or whatever yeah and so the comments can be especially kind of brutal because it's just like oh I don't know this person it's the epitome of like person fully exists behind a screen yeah and so that has, that has fun consequences and it has bad consequences. So Becca and I, for our comment corner this week, have decided to read some of our TikTok comments. We each chose one we really enjoyed. Yeah. And so Becca, do you want to read yours first? Oh, sure thing. So this comment is from Bronx Cocky Cock. Thank you so much for commenting. We hope you followed. We love you. Um, they said, if this is the clip you chose to post, I cannot imagine what the rest of this conversation consists of full stop. (laughs) Honestly, don't know if it's good or bad, but I appreciate the observation. Wait, did they type out full stop or did they, was it just a period at the end? Oh, it's a period at the end. Okay. Word. Yeah. 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 No, they said full stop. I would have been like, (gasps) (gasps) Um, yeah. Yeah, so... I saw that one, too, and I was like, oh, baby. They're doing the promotion for us at this point. (laughs) I know, I know. And that's the thing. The whole conversation is available on multiple platforms. That's the beauty... On every platform. ...of a podcast. Mm -hmm. We both now said cock on the pod. Aww. (laughs) How sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Hee-hee-hee. Well, my comment... I found very funny. I giggled at quite a lot. Mm-hmm. It comes from Pow and it says, Wait, y'all are funny. <laughs> and I appreciate it. <laughs> no, I just found that so funny because it's like, I feel like the expectation is that, oh, we're not going to be funny. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Wait, wait. <laughs> y'all are kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I can get I can get it. Like if you see a podcast, you're like not funny. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're moving on. There was also um a few people who actually liked after they saw this video and liked it and commented, liked all of our videos and then followed. So I feel like now we have some full on listeners that came from TikTok. I would I would caution I guess. So yeah. that's kind of cool. That's and cool. keep commenting, guys. Keep yes, commenting. if you if you found us through TikTok, send us a little email. Yeah. Oh my God. Send Please. us a little email. Tell us your journey. Being a little. Back and I also had a conversation this week about what our fan base is called. Yes. And so we kind of need your guys' opinions about it, I guess. Yeah. We 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 went through a bunch of different ideas. Mm-hmm. internally and in Becca and I's internal communications we like to call you our disciples yes because you are spreading our gospel mm-hmm. and so that's um 
what we call you, but it would be a weird thing for you guys to call yourselves. Yeah. And so obviously Becca suggests the little jump scares, Mm -hmm. which I enjoy Uh as well. But then it like privileges one aspect of our names. Then I was like, oh, maybe it'll be like a thing where people can pick sides. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Like, are you a man of pixie or are you a jump scare? Because you know how like listeners of uh will mm-hmm. be like, oh, I, I'm like, you know, I'm such the Trixie of <sighs> my duo or whatever. And uh-huh. someone's the Katya, which also we could talk about me and you, I, being, who's the Trixie and who's the Katya. Oh. I think I, I think I have an idea, but. No, I do think often about are people listening to this and saying like, oh, I'm, I'm a like Quinn, Quinn like or I'm yeah. a Becca. Yeah. So, and, you know, obviously feel free to do that, mm-hmm. but also people could then be like, oh, I'm a little jump scare or I'm a little manic pixie, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. We also thought it could be a fun thing if Becca and I base it off of how we feel about the audience at any given point. Yeah. And so if y'all are being bad, if y'all are being bad, <laughs> your little jump scares. Yeah. And we don't know what to do with you. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> we got to lock it down. <laughs> we got to lock it down. We got to figure out what's going on. But if you're being good, you're little manic pixies. You just. Yeah. Flying around. That's also, yeah. Being the main little character. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess email in and say what you prefer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, um, what kind of options are we going for? Does anybody, maybe if anybody has a suggestion mm-hmm. based upon our prior episodes, if there are any of your favorite moments from the last couple yeah. episodes where you would say, you know what, the fan base can be called this. Mm-hmm. I'm somebody who loves a reference. Me too. Mm-hmm. Wait, I'm still thinking about the Trixie and Katya question for I us. I was just going to ask who, okay, do you want to say who you think you are? And I'll say who I think I am yeah okay at the same time yeah okay so Becca and I are are saying who we think we are like ourselves individually in in relation to each other in relation to each other because I think I think to other people I would be a different answer you know really yeah okay but I think between me and you Okay. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Trixie. Katya. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Are you doing like a compilation video of us being energetically alive? <laughs> I know. Like, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I very much see that as our dynamic, but I can see how... I can see what you meant before you prefaced w- with your preface, which when you prefaced, I was like, oh, I know exactly where this is going. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, I think I, I think it's like, I mean, obviously when you try to fit anything into a binary, it doesn't work super well. Yeah. But I think it's like, cause you know, Kati is the more like zany kind of like blah, 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 one. And then Trix yeah. is kind of the more grounded um, one. Trixie yeah. is the white face, Katya is the red nose from my from my technical comedy nerds out there. <laughs> um, and so yeah. And I find yeah. but I find that it's interesting because I, I've also thought about our 
comedy style and I don't I don't find us to fit in that traditional mold of like there's a crazy one and then there's like a one who's always looking at the other one for being crazy yeah neither of us is like the straight guy yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) in many ways yeah in many (laughs) in multiple ways pluralisms and multiplicities of plenty Uh, yeah but I think like if we like for me and Macy my roommate Mm -hmm. she is oh she's a thousand percent the Katya yeah because she's so strange yes in the most beautiful way Mm -hmm. (laughs) no Macy Macy is much like Katya in that when she does something it's like whoa but it's also like I completely get that right yeah (laughs) it tracks definitely get that yeah yeah Yeah, for sure Mm -hmm. okay wow Um, I love that well another little productive part of our conversation (laughs) so now comes the time in the episode where Becca and I give our jump scares the week which are things that we're just walking along and you know somebody jumps out from around the corner and they go and we're like ah and so Becca what was your jump scare this week so my jump scare this week was so actually famously the day after my birthday is my mother's birthday Mm -hmm. oh and her birthday (laughs) unfortunately she woke up to having her credit card hacked so my queen was in a little bit of distress. Uh-huh. She got to figure it out. It's just more annoying. Uh-huh. Um, and then, boom, forensic police are all over our street because someone unfortunately passed away. Oh. And we were at first we were like, did someone full on get murdered? So I was like, mom, like, ugh. but no. Um, and then finally... Roe v. Wade was overturned. And I just felt bad for my mom. <laughs> yeah. That's that so yeah. Bad. Yeah. It's so like all those things a, it's hard to have a birthday after that. Yeah, it's like how the how do I celebrate now? <laughs> yeah. When my yeah. when like my, my rights, my child's rights mm-hmm. are just we're just like, oh yeah, you don't have those anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just depending upon where you live. My neighbor's right to live was taken away from them <laughs> all too soon. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, no, they, they were very old, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was just a crazy day. Um, but yeah. So that was me. Um, Quinn, what was scaring you this week? My jump scare also has to do with the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. And in the least like jokey kind of funny way that like jump scare of the week was meant to like be a jokey funny thing but just in a way where I'm like actually spooked um Mm -hmm. and like obviously there's all the stuff that like everybody will tell you about what this does for our country what it does to individuals in our country and stuff like that but something I found very interesting and I wrote like a whole thread about it on Twitter is obviously Justice Clarence Thomas in a I forget a concurring opinion. Mm -hmm. Justice Clarence Thomas wrote a concurring opinion, basically leaving a little dog whistle in there being like, and now we can open the floor for reconsidering rulings in Obergefell v. Hodges, which was the case that 
codified or not codified the right because none of these rights are codified because they're all wrapped up in legal precedent and not mm -hmm. actual legislation because the leaders we put in office never actually legislate these things um, but yeah. they do run on the promise that they will legislate these things for you um and so yeah <laughs> loves it um, love, love y'all mm -hmm. um and so there was all this other precedent that clarence thomas again a credibly accused sexual predator i will, I will remind you in this instance yeah. um what like put in his concurring opinion and so for you know the members of my community the the queers um a lot of people were like oh they've done this to you know women and other people with uteruses and now now they're going to come for us and our right to marry and i couldn't help but be bothered by that sentiment because mostly mostly people who i saw expressing it were cis gay men many of them mm -hmm. being white and it was just very much like it was very much like yes it's something we need to be vigilant about and it's something that we can't take for granted but it's also not the day to be like oh, now they might come for gay marriage mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> it like like people's actual rights got taken away but like a certain group of people were just like oh but what about mine yeah and it was just it, it's really gross and disingenuous and it echoes this criticism of cis gay men and white cis gay men among them in particular that there was kind of this schism after gay people like achieved the political project of gay rights which was marriage equality or like the principal political project of gay rights for a very long time and then mm. they just said you know what we're good and yeah. now there are all these cis white gay men who run around being like, oh, trans people, they're really holding our community back when we're organizing for things. And because, you know, now the right in our country has kind of thrown their weight behind trans people and gender ideology, whatever the fuck that is. And yeah. like now they're just like, you know, that, that since that's the more kind of trans people are the more oppressed group within our communities. Um, now cis gay men especially white gay cis gay men are a lot more quiet than they were when marriage equality was on the table mm -hmm. and so yeah um basically none of us are free until all of us are free I very much believe that sentiment and so when it comes to people's rights you should it's in your best interest to be an ally to everyone because literally political tides can change in such a way where tomorrow you are an oppressed party the state can enact their power to oppress you know whatever part of your identity they want to and so it's best to just make sure we are actively working to get equal protection for basically anybody regardless of their identity status regardless of their economic status regardless of basically anything because we're all people we're all born randomly into this weird world where we have to pay bills and we all deserve equal protections because of that and so or at least that's what I believe and so yeah, yeah. but yeah scary well times said. well <laughs> said very scary times mm -hmm. um I hope everyone is taking care of themselves mentally yes. mm -hmm. yeah during this um and yeah it's just crazy 
feels weird to do this, but it was it was engineered this way. So, um, Becca, <laughs> now we come to the anorexia moment. Yes, yes. Where you um, know what? I'm a big believer. If you have to, you can't just spend all day in the gutter. If you, if yeah. you, if you can choose not to. Um, if you can choose not to, yeah. If you can choose not to, it's best not to spend all day in the gutter. And mm-hmm. so Becca and I are now going to talk about a moment from this week where you know we felt like the main character. So my manic pixie moment of the week um, did occur on my birthday, and just for a little, I'll describe my outfit for the dinner. I was wearing a black mini dress that was sort of like tiered at from the waist down and like chiffon-y, and it was, it's kind of, it was kind of giving like a little bit pirate. Yeah. Because I also added this lilac corset to it. That was glittery and had pearls on it. Um, yeah, I could see that. Thank you. And I had my hair in my little like, like updo things that I do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was a great moment because my aunt looked at me and goes, "You look like Sailor Moon." That's a great compliment. I know the cancer it's of a all great cancer compliment. is Sailor Moon. <laughs> so I was like, "Wow, that is that's honestly all I wanted to hear ever." Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I love dressing up and I love I love compliments. So that was a great moment for me. Um, Quinn, what made you Manic Pixie this week? My Manic Pixie moment is that I've been listening to a lot of indie pop. Okay. So I randomly was kind of just like, what am I... I don't even know. I was just looking for new music to listen to. I felt kind of bored because I'm very much of like a... I'm I'm like a playlist person like I have a bunch of playlists and stuff but I also love an album Mm -hmm. I love listening to an album like all the way through kind of how it was intended going down the track list and stuff but then this week I was like okay well what are some things I can listen to and then I found something this is like the callback episode to other things we talked about on the podcast before but Spotify has all of these different playlists for Heartstopper which Becca and I talked about it which Rebecca and I have talked about on the pod before and so I was like listening through them and they're based off the couples in Heartstopper and there's a lot of good music on there and also indie pop is something that's always in like my discover weekly yeah and there was an era where I was like listening to my discover weekly on Spotify every week and taking the songs that I liked and putting them in a playlist I would do that too but then I didn't have a playlist to put a lot of the songs because it wasn't like they didn't fit in. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like I do because a lot of them were kind of like indie poppy. And so, yeah, I've just been listening to a lot of, a lot of Conan Gray is on there. I like Conan Gray. I like Conan Gray's music. His public persona is so annoying to me though. I have to say. Something I will say is I, before he ever made music, I used to watch his YouTube videos. Oh, yeah. He is the person who introduced me in 2016 to Billie Eilish and Dua Lipa. Because <gasps> he talked about them in a video. So I knew about them and him long ago. I am having a hipster moment. And I I used to love his YouTube videos. Yeah. Because he's very good at art also. And I would just watch him like paint and stuff. It was cool no there was this one I couldn't find it after I deleted it but because I listened to his music Spotify sent me 
a thing of like oh his new album is out and it was this one like still from his promotions and I really wanted to tweet it out and be like guys the gender roles might have won here <laughs> oh, no. Um, oh no but yeah so but yeah it's Conan Gray um a lot of I put a lot of Muna on there even though Muna is on the playlist actually Silk Chiffon is because lesbian anthem come on you guys yeah guys and um so yeah I've been listening to that a lot and just feeling like there's just you know something about me love it oh and it's called I I named the playlist exactly like the other girls (laughs) I like that (laughs) because (laughs) yeah so yeah I thought that was funny but yeah and so that brings us to the end of another beautiful episode yay (laughs) so Becca where can people keep up with you if they are so inclined yeah I am at Becca Hobart on Instagram Bex Gloss on Twitter and Spotify. And I am at Where Y'all Going During World War Three on TikTok. Mm-hmm. You can also find me. <laughs> Quinn, where can the people keep up with you individually? <laughs> oh my God. Um, you <laughs> you go. <laughs> <laughs> I improv that. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, <laughs> I'm at Quinn P. Murphy on Instagram and TikTok, and I'm at Quinny P123 on Twitter. And you can also find me. <clears throat> Becca, where can people keep up with the show? <laughs> they can follow at Manic Pixie Jump Scare on Instagram and TikTok. Mm-hmm. And we also have a YouTube channel. Yes, we do. We post uh, video episodes of all of our episodes, except for mm-hmm. one. And um, so, yeah, if you like to enjoy video podcasts, they are there. Mm-hmm. And please, please, please email manicpixiejumpscare yes. at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We want to hear from you. Yeah, literally. Any, anything. literally anything. Please. Anything, please write in. I know it's yeah. scary, but it's it's quite literally. If you're like, I want my piece of fame, we will give you a platform. Yes. You know, as long as you don't send anything like weird. Honestly, do it. Cause you never know. Yeah, you never know. Becca and I have. <laughs> low sensors on this podcast <laughs> obviously yeah so All right. we're, we're Quinn, Quinn and, and we're, we're Becca, Becca. and thank you for, for listening yeah yeah <laughs> yup <laughs> yup Manic Pixie Jump Scare is hosted by Quinn Murphy and Becca Hobart. Executive produced by Quinn Murphy and Becca Hobart. Sound and video editing by Quinn Murphy. Social media management and highlights by Becca Hobart. And our theme song was written by Quinn Murphy, Becca Hobart, and Nandita Mahesh.